of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Tuesday, October the 5th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Of course, Marsha is still out on the scene for the McCauley trial. It, uh, well, I guess is at the uh, end of the tunnel here. The light is at the end of the tunnel. The jury is in deliberation. They were in deliberation for about uh, three hours yesterday. And uh, we'll get started, I think, now. Uh, about six minutes ago is when they got started uh, again. So kind of in a holding pattern until uh, they are done with their uh, deliberation. Uh, there's all kinds of talks on how long people think it could take. But there's a lot of evidence to go through. The closing statements yesterday were uh, had a lot you know, of information involved in them and some cross-questioning uh, and things like that. So I'm sure uh, they are going to take as long as they need to to uh, make a verdict on this case. Especially, they don't want to come back uh, quick and say, you know, yeah, we already have it. You know, we didn't need to talk about it at all. Then people say they jump to conclusions and things like that. So we'll be getting an update from Marsha here a little bit later on this hour about the McCauley trial. Uh, like I said, everything's kind of in a holding pattern now until the uh, jury comes to their verdict. But one thing I want to do is uh, talk to you about the four-state food truck fest, all right? It's right around the corner. We've been talking about it a lot, uh, and we're talking about it a lot because it's going to be a really cool event. My goodness, all these food trucks that are going to be in downtown Martinsburg to be free to the public. Uh, again, October 23rd from 12 to 7, they're going to have a blue and gold beer garden with the WVU uh, game being live streamed. They're going to have a tailgate going on there. I think they're going to do a shepherd tailgate there uh, as well because Shepard's uh, playing the same day. But I wanted to go ahead and play back our conversation with uh, Main Street Martinsburg because they have uh, a little bit more details on it. And this is such a cool event. I want you to hear about it. It's Robbie Blair and Michelle Sadat uh, talking about the uh, food truck event going on downtown here in a few weeks. Thanks for having us. We should say Michelle is from Advocate Insurance Group, the presenting sponsor of Food Fest. Yes. Absolutely. Truck, so, uh, food truck fest. Food truck fest. Now, a lot of people are talking about this food truck fest and uh, are very excited about it. So, uh, Robbie, I'll hand it over to you and to kind of describe what's going to be going on. Yeah. Uh, well, so, actually, let me interrupt you. I want to ask you, how are things going in your new role? <laughs> things are going really well. Um, the The best part of the job is the interaction with the community. And I would say the biggest, uh, not surprise, but just the boost that I've gotten has been the support from everybody. Everybody's been so helpful. Everybody's been so willing to you know, do their part to help me get acclimated. And um, yeah, no surprise. Like I said, um, we have such a great community and our downtown community is doing so, so awesome. And uh I think one of the indicators is the the buy-in here for this event too. Um, the Four State Food Truck Festival coming up. That's been a lot of the attention that I've been, you know, focused on uh, starting out. And it's going to be a really cool event, October twenty third, um, from twelve to seven. 
we're going to have so many different food trucks. Hey, uh, how many trucks are you expecting downtown? Expecting? I think uh, anywhere from 15 to 20. Oh um, right God. now we're confirmed. We're confirmed with 11 and a couple of people that just haven't put in their applications yet. Whoa. Um, yeah, yeah. That's a ton of food trucks that'll be downtown. That's so cool. Yeah. A great variety, too, mm-hmm. of food trucks. Yeah, so. yeah we have... Um, we have some pretty unique options. You know, it's some niche things. Right. Uh, obviously, there's going to be barbecue. Um, we have some uh, there people from out of town. We have desserts. We have, have any of you ever had a pierogi? Oh, oh too, yeah. many. Yeah. Kidding too many pierogies. I'm married into a Polish family. I can make a pierogi. <laughs> and I lived out close, good. <laughs> and I lived close enough to Western Pennsylvania for long enough that mm-hmm. I've had enough pierogies in my Love day. Love good pierogies. Nice. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. you know good and well that a pierogi truck is going to crush it at oh, this event. Oh, for sure. Yeah, That's the so, best thing about food trucks. You never can, know what food you're going to get. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do we get first in line there, Robbie? Well, it's free to attend, so, you know, <laughs> you just got to get there Come on uh, out. right at noon. Yeah, explain the mechanics of this, because sometimes we have events where it's like a beer garden or something, and you, you get a wristband, and mm-hmm. you go in, but this is, uh, you're you're actually paying at the food truck? Yeah. Okay. So, it it's, you know, imagine yourself just going downtown, going business to business, same deal, we're just inviting new portable businesses to come down, <laughs> all at the same consolidated location, um, free to attend, you know. We're going to have uh, some signs and hopefully some transportation for some parking, you know, because us blocking off so many streets of Queen Street yeah. will be kind of crazy. But um, yeah, we're you just show up, pick your food truck. We have uh, three really awesome bands performing. Big party. Yeah. It's yeah. a big party. So, exactly. And it's going to be a tailgate situation, too, for the West Virginia game. That's going to be that Saturday and the Shepherd game that Saturday. Now we'll bring uh, Michelle in. Um, I guess kind of describe, you know, your company's uh, involvement in this and what you're uh, looking forward to and expecting from the weekend. Sure. Uh, I've been serving on the board for Main Street Martinsburg for a long time. I won't date myself with the number <laughs> of years, uh, but obviously we're excited. This is going to be Robbie's first big event that he's putting on. Uh, as the director for Main Street. And what we're trying to do, Advocate Insurance Group is located right downtown in Martinsburg. We've been there for, well, since 2008. Um, So we really want to support everything that's going on downtown. There's so much, uh, so many businesses, so many things going on. We want to bring more people in. So having this food truck fest, uh, literally the last couple of years, we've just heard so many people requesting this. Mm Uh, so we decided let's just not just do food trucks. Let's have a beer garden. Let's do live music, three live bands throughout the day. We've got a DJ who's going to take us through the whole day. We've got kids stuff, um, balloons, arm painting, all kinds of fun stuff. So we're excited to just, you know, have a party, get people downtown, get people outside um, and see what Martinsburg has to offer um, and what better way to do that than a food truck? Fest? Absolutely. And it's cool because it's a different type of event for this area, at yes. least. You know, you never hear about food trucks. You hear about the normal stuff like, uh, you know, blocking off a section to have like a band and, you know, some drinks and whatever. But you don't hear about like all of downtown being shut down for right. a food truck thing mm-hmm. with all these other uh, amenities that are going to be there, too. So it's a pr- very cool idea. I'll also add, uh, you know, Advocate Insurance is the presenting sponsor um, of the event, but it's not just a financial thing. Michelle has been so integral in all the planning of this. This is really her baby. And I mean, honestly, uh, this event has been planned prior to when I came on. Um, and there's been so much work that's gone into this for so many months. Um, and Michelle has really put in the hours and made this 
you know what it is. It's going to be awesome. And thanks, a lot Robbie. Of thanks because of Michelle. Well, we have an awesome uh, group of people putting this on. So there are uh, what seven or eight of us on the committee that yep. are working together to make sure that this goes off without a hitch and is a lot of fun for everybody who wants to attend. Yeah, and I'm really excited about the WVU game being streamed. Yeah, I always, you know. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, especially after that big win this past weekend. Ooh. Taking down Virginia Tech. You're mm-hmm. telling me. Black Diamond Trophy, big game. So, practically speaking, mm-hmm. where are people going to park? And also, where do they eat once they, you know, pick up their food from the food truck? Yeah. yeah. We, uh, fingers crossed that the uh, Martin Street across from the Apollo, that that... Uh, Parking that lot. parking lot will be finished mm-hmm. by then. So let it be written. Yeah. So let it be done. <laughs> there's a couple. There's like the Burke Street parking lot there. There's right. a couple of different ways. There's so we three have, big parking lots yeah. downtown. Yes. And uh, on both sides of Burke, we're only blocking off um, small sections of that for uh, parking is the main reason. So we'll have both of those parking lots. Um, and hopefully uh, there is a little bit of a shortage with um, drivers right now. Mm-hmm. But hopefully we'll have some trolleys um, picking people up there. Uh, they're going to have a loop basically around the perimeter of downtown where um, it, if you want to park down at the behind the school old school board building um, over by the roundhouse. Uh, I know there's an event going on down there that day as well. But, you know, there's plenty of spaces that we'll be looping around parking, picking people up, dropping them off all day. Um, and then we're going to have some tables set up right in the middle. It's basically a little T on on Burke Street and uh, Queen Street, uh, both sides of that. We're going to have some tables set up so that you can enjoy the music, you can get your food, come sit down, you know, relax, listen, enjoy the game. The beer's going to be there. So we'll have a little uh, common area, if you will. And, and some it's, cool radio kits will be there, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Our station from... Uh, uh, why am I blanking? 97.5? Yes, thank you. I wanted to say something else. 97.5 will be there uh, broadcasting live and I think probably playing some music and having giveaways and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We're looking absolutely. forward to that. Yes, absolutely. And uh, free parking all day. Just wanted to make sure. Ooh. Yes, free parking all day. F- look us up on Facebook. Follow us. We'll give you the details once we have everything ironed out as far as the shuttle service. Yep. Um, and the parking and all that kind of good stuff, too. Again, we're speaking with Robbie Blair and Michelle Sadat from Main Street Martinsburg talking about the four-state food truck fest that's coming up uh, here in just a uh, few weeks. So uh, real quick before we have to go to break, uh, whoever wants to take it, just a quick little overview about the event, how they can you know find more information about you know, the four-state food truck vet, uh, but everything else you guys are doing with Main Street Martinsburg. Yeah, uh, October 23rd from 12 to 7 p.m. We're having this awesome food truck event. We have food trucks. It's the four state, so we have food trucks from all around coming. And I would say a big thing, a big shout out, if you are a local truck or if you're a local artist, we're having uh, pop-ups for artists that you can just, um, you can find on our Facebook and on our website. You can find applications and we'd love to have you be a part of the event, sell whatever art you have, you know, set up and just add to the day. We have live music. The WVU game will be on a big screen TV, cold beer, and good food. Awesome. Now, I'll ask you guys, I'll ask the entire group here one more question. If you had a food truck, what would what food would you make in that food truck? Start with you, Robbie. I, I'm, I already am a huge barbecue guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love... A little brisket and stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I do my annual brisket smoke in the, in the summertime. So, All I right. think you stick with what you're good at. That's okay. what I would do. Cool with that. What about you, Michelle? Hands down, kebab truck. Oh, yeah. Yes. Love that. Now, are you talking Persian what kind of kebab? kebabs. All right. Like yes. with the lamb with hanging yeah. there and stuff? Right. Yeah. I could get down with that. What about you, Marsha? Um, well, okay. I I would love to line up at the barbecue 
understand. But I think you can't go wrong with like boardwalk fries. Oh yeah, mm. like all the cheese and stuff that people like on. Mm. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I should have. Well, I should have been thinking about it while I was asking everybody else and listening to everybody else because right? I can't think of. Uh, <laughs> can't think of what I would do. All Although of the above. I think. Hmm. So I. So this is what I'd do because I've seen this once. It was a cereal truck. Huh. And they had cereal. Yeah, they were giving out bowls of cereal. You could just buy like whatever you wanted, anything, any cereal it. you could think of. And I think cereal is like the best meal for any occasion. So why not have it? Could you imagine you walking know, up to a truck and be like, hey, can I get a bowl of Lucky Charms? Having I raised children, I understand that if you're surrounded by all this amazing food, there's always going to be a kid in the group that's, I just want some Wheaties. <laughs> you know, October 1st is the deadline. So you could get that in there if... Uh, if, if you're serious about this. Yeah, I just might have to do that. Make it happen. Station <laughs> truck. Take the station van and just <laughs> slinging bowls of cereal out the back. I think that would work. But again, we've been speaking with Robbie Blair and Michelle Sadat from Main Street Martinsburg about the four-state food truck event. Thanks for coming in and talking about that a little bit. I'm super excited. I know uh, people around the town and the area are super excited about it. Uh, and I'm glad that something like this is coming into downtown because it's pretty cool. So thanks for stopping in. You Thank you it. for having us. Again, that was folks from Main Street, Martinsburg, a few weeks ago, coming in to talk about the four-state food truck fest, which is coming up on October 23rd. Again, it's from noon to 7 p.m. It's free to attend. There's going to be a ton of food trucks there, and it's going to be a blast. Music, uh, drinks. Again, they're going to be streaming the WVU game. Going to have a WVU tailgate there. Also, a Shepherd tailgate, because there is a Shepherd game that day as well. But it's all going on in downtown Martinsburg, October 23rd, from 12 to 7 p.m. And it's free to park downtown on that day which uh makes it all the worth it or all the while uh in my opinion but again october 23rd 12 to 7 the four state food truck fest and stick around for more here on panhandle live on wepm and wcst the panhandle news network it's panhandle live with hosts jordan nice warner and marcia kavalik Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm Spring West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewarner. Alongside me, well, not alongside me today, still on location, is Marsha Kavalik down covering the uh, Macaulay-Crossman uh, trial, which is nearing an end. The uh, jury is in deliberation. I haven't seen any updates yet to see if they've gotten out of it, but they've only been, I think, in session for today for like a half hour, not even yet. So uh, still some time on that, and I would expect that to go uh, even a day or maybe even longer. But, man, I'm not going to know what to do with myself once this trial's over. It's all I've been doing, literally, after I'm done here on Panhandle Live, get a couple of you know, work things done here around the station. Then I pull the stream up here on the computer and I just sit here and watch all of it. I've come to so many different conclusions uh, watching this trial. And I've talked to so many different people about it. I've talked to Marsha about it. talked to family about it. talked to friends about it. Goodness, it's everywhere. It's all over Twitter, too. If you uh, go through the court TV hashtag and everything, man, there for a while. Of course, he's always or he is innocent until proven guilty. Uh, I got to reiterate that. He's innocent until proven guilty. But, man, uh, my personal opinion after you know taking in. I can't even tell you how many hours. Like it was getting to the point where I was getting home after, uh, you know, leaving the station for the day, watching it from my computer here at the radio station onto my phone, then my phone all the way to the house. Then once I got to the house, I was putting, uh, you know, I was street casting it onto my TV. So I was sitting there and watching all day. I was taking naps in the middle of the day during trial, waking back up and trying to figure out uh, what all I missed and get, you know, back up to speed with things. 
Yeah, I'm not going to know what to do with myself. But, oof, again, innocent until proven guilty. But, man, a lot of those signs are really pointing uh, in his direction. Of course, the defense yesterday had their uh, closing statements, which wasn't uh, too terribly long. I don't think they used uh, all of the allotted time given to them. But their big things were, you know, that you can't, there isn't, you can't determine a cause of death. And uh, you really can't determine a motive for why he would have done that. But, you know, from everything that was brought out in court, especially with uh, the surveillance cameras and phone records, man, all signs kind of point towards his direction. And again, this is all my personal opinion here or uh, thoughts. The fact that everybody kind of looked at him, you know, right after she went missing for, you know, long enough that they know she wasn't like ran away or something like that. Everybody started looking in his direction for some answers. So, yeah. Who knows what will happen, but we will get an update from Marsha Kavalik here uh, after a while towards the end of the hour about uh, everything that's gone on during this case, which has been a ton, uh, a ton of stuff. And I'm glad that we're finally going to be coming to some sort of conclusion. But like I said, I'm not going to know what to do with myself. I've been uh, totally obsessed with this trial. But one thing I'll be doing is uh, heading over to Daily Grind and get some coffee because they are the official coffee sponsor of Panhandle Live as I've been you know, cutting out of here during the breaks and refilling with coffee because I am 100% addicted to coffee. And if I don't get any of it in time for the morning, well, uh, you don't want to be around me or I just kind of lock myself in the studio. So nobody's around me, but uh, make sure you stick it around coming up. Here in a few minutes after the break, I'm going to have my sister on the show. She's going to be calling in to talk about uh, some of the cool things that her uh, office is doing, her work is doing. She's a uh, lead teacher over in Washington County, Maryland. So uh, I'll be talking about she's the equity lead teacher over in Washington County, Maryland. So uh, she'll be telling us about some of the things they're doing over there. And then, of course, a little bit later on, we'll be talking to Marsha Kavalik about the uh, or an update on the Crossman-McCauley trial, which uh, is nearing an end. So that's all coming up here in a few minutes on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at SuttonandJanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsh is out still covering the Crossman-McCulley trial. That uh, We'll be getting an update from that uh, here after the next break. And if you missed any of the show so far, you can always listen back to it a little bit later on today over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. We heard from Main Street Martinsburg about the four-state food truck fest, which is coming up on October 23rd. Free to attend, 12 to 7 uh, in downtown Martinsburg. That's going to be a blast. And now joining me on the show is my sister, Caitlin Myers, head uh, equity lead teacher for Washington County Schools. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good. How are you? I'm doing good. It's always always a little uh, strange to talk to you on the radio instead of just on the normal phone. This is like the most nerve-wracking thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just talk about uh, what all you, all you all have going on, because October is a pretty busy month for the Office of Equity and Excellence in Washington County, right? Yeah. Um, so over the last few years, Washington County, I mean, really everywhere, we're not unique, has seen um, a huge kind of shift in our population and demographics of uh, not only the citizens, but um, our students. So... There's been um, increased um, importance placed upon um, inclusion and our kids feeling warm uh, and welcomed environments that they come into within their school buildings. 
um, and our teachers knowing the students that are in front of them because the biggest thing students or teachers can do with their kids is build relationships. Mm -hmm. So we've really focused on um, increasing awareness awareness, um, and working with already uh, awareness months that, you know, take place. Uh, September 15th through October 15th is Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, then October is a big month. It's German American Heritage Month, Italian American Heritage Month, and Polish American Heritage Month, among other things. But right. Those are the ones we focused on. And those are big, especially in this area, because there's a ton of German, Polish, and Italian people with, the, or well, Italian heritage uh, people around this area, right? Yes. Um, West Virginia is huge with um, just Italian heritage in general. Um, and me being you know, a former history teacher, it goes all the way back to just um, settlers in you know, Jamestown along the whole what, East Coast mm-hmm. um, and moving into where there was free land. But um, one cool thing I found out about Jefferson County in the 16th District of West Virginia is that um, Senator Patricia Rucker is a first-generation American citizen. She was born in Venezuela and immigrated to the United States in 1981, moving into Montgomery County, Maryland. Um, so she's really a trendsetter in the area. So, uh, what, well, and we wouldn't have pepperoni rolls either if it wasn't for the Italian influence here in West Virginia, which is a big deal, at least to me, because that's what I had for breakfast this morning. Uh, I'm sure mom wouldn't be too uh, happy to hear about my nutritious (laughs) breakfast uh, being a pepperoni roll. But what else uh, is going on with the Office of Equity and Excellence? You can go find a couple of uh, websites talking about the German, Polish, and Italian American heritage, right? Yeah, they were uh, shared just within our uh, school system for now, but um, we just really work on providing teachers with the resources that um, help them understand uh, different cultures, because really different culture, the culture that um, you're born with, basically, and the ancestry that you, the ancestors you're descended from really change how you approach situations and how you think about things. And that can, um, you know, different differentiate between kids that you have in your classroom and how you teach them. So, well, nice. Again, big deal. again, speaking with Caitlin Myers, equity lead teacher over uh, Washington County with Washington County Schools. Uh, well, uh, anything else going on? Not even uh, related to work. I mean, what you been up to? I, mean, I don't think I've talked to you in a couple of days. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. You want to take your nephew to football practice? <laughs> so I don't have to. What, tonight? <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> uh i think i might be a little booked up depends on the time i'd have to uh check with uh you know my secretary or the producer or something like that yeah but if you're my having something calendar <laughs> if you're having something good for dinner though i'd uh, probably be able to uh swing that around uh, i do not cook so good luck with that <laughs> Again, Caitlin Myers, equity lead teacher uh, with Washington County Public Schools, talking about uh, October being a big heritage uh, month for the Office of Equity and Excellence, German-American Heritage Month, Polish-American and Italian-American Heritage Month. Uh, did you say where people can go find, uh, or can I share like the links to the you know websites and stuff like that? Um, I would have to ask my supervisor. Mm. Um, I don't know what the policy is on making them like community-wide, right. but um, you can just do quick Google searches and find uh, festivals. I know COVID's putting uh, a damper on some festivals around uh, the area, like I know um, Clarksburg has a big Italian festival usually every year, but that was canceled. Uh, they probably have a big tomorrow's uh, pepperoni roll showing mm-hmm. there, so sad story. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, quick Google searches, and then also 
I mean, the easiest way that you can kind of submerge yourself into any type of culture is the food. Um, So I know the German restaurant in Hagerstown, you have to pronounce the name because I don't pronounce it properly. I still don't think I say it right. Schmeichelstube? Yeah. I don't know. I always feel like I say it wrong. (laughs) At least it sounds Uh, wrong. Yeah, that's awesome. And Oktoberfest, um, August Oktoberfest when uh, they have that. But yeah, just search if you if you want to experience other cultures outside your own and just gain an awareness. Awesome. Again, Caitlin Myers, Equity Lead Teacher for Washington County Public Schools. Uh, thank you for calling in this morning. And uh, it's always good to talk to you, especially on the radio, because I kind of get to put you under a little bit of pressure instead of uh, just talking to you on the, fo- on the phone normally. I know. Thank you so much. This is so exciting. Absolutely. Tell the nephews I said hi when you talk to them. I will. And thanks for coming on. (laughs) Yeah. All right. See you later. See ya. Bye. Yeah, that was Caitlin Myers, my sister, uh, head uh, equity lead teacher for Washington County Public Schools, talking about the uh, big month, which is October, for the Office of Equity and Excellence, the German-American, Polish-American, and Italian-American Heritage Month. And she said there one of the easiest ways to kind of learn more about different cultures is by food. And I kind of did that this past weekend. Now, a few years ago, me and a couple of buddies, uh, or myself and a couple of buddies, went over to Germany and kind of did a big loop in a week and then came back. And one of the things that we made sure we did was eat as much food as possible and probably drink a more you know beer than possible. But it's Germany, you know, do as the Germans do, I guess. But one of the things that we ended up eating constantly wasn't, you know, stereotypical German food. It was uh, kebabs, donor kebabs specifically, which is uh, like the German version of kebabs that you'd get, uh, like Persian kebabs and Turkish kebabs and stuff like that. But there's a place in D.C. called Donor Bros. And you can't find these this type of kebabs anywhere, at least that I can find. I think there might be a new one opening up in Frederick now that I'm thinking about it. But this one was down in uh, Baltimore, right off... The campus of uh, Johns Hopkins, and it's called Donor Bros, and it was literally the best thing I've ever had since we, you know, got done that trip. And the backstory for them, which I don't know a ton of, but the what I was told was that uh, the people that started Donor Bros went over to Europe or to Germany. A couple of buddies went over to Germany just to kind of go see everything. They ended up falling in love with these kebabs and were like, hey, this seems fairly easy to put together. Why can't we do this in the U.S.? They ended up doing it. So uh, it just goes to show you that, you know, she's right. If you want, one of the easiest ways to learn more about a culture is to eat your way through that culture. And uh, usually it's some good eating while you're doing it. So thanks to uh, my sister, Caitlin Myers, for jumping on the show with me today and coming up after the break. We're going to be hearing from Marcia Kavalik giving us a update on the Crossman McCulley trial. That's all coming up right here on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years, with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marcia Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsha Kvalik is, of course, on location covering the Crossman-McCulley trial, which is uh, nearing an end. The jury has been in deliberation. Well, they were in about three hours of deliberation yesterday, and I believe that started at 9 this morning. So they're about into hour five here directly of uh, deliberation. So there seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And I was able to catch Marsha this morning to get an update on the trial so far. I'm here with Marsha Kavalik as things are starting to wind down in the uh, Andrew McCauley trial. Yesterday was uh, closing arguments and there wasn't a ton of closing arguments from the defense, but the prosecution definitely had a lot to say. So uh, what was going on in the courtroom yesterday? 
Well, he had um, asked the judge. For, he, I, I think he actually wanted an hour and a half for closing arguments, and she gave him an hour and 15 minutes with 15 minutes of rebuttal time. How long after, are they, do they normally get? You got it's me. Just, I don't at know. At the discretion, I guess. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting there listening, and, and because of what we do, we're constantly aware of how much time things take. Yeah. And, you know, kind of budgeting that in our heads ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Like we got, oh, we got 30 seconds before the, the break. And and I'm sitting there just, you know, it's it's driving me nuts because I'm like, you're going to run out of time. Oh, yeah. And he it, almost he did. Was, he was going through basically uh, chronologically the evidence. Mm-hmm. And kind of putting to putting a bow on some of the things that he'd hinted at during the opening statements yeah. and when evidence was being pre- presented, and so I, I kind of I got what he was doing, but I was sitting there going, Is there, you know, are you going to run out of the things that you want to make sure that mm-hmm. you get out there? And then um, uh, Mr. Kirkland for the defense, I thought he used his time very well, yeah, um, and um, and made some good points. So the the jury has been paying attention you should know that they they've been taking notes they i've not looked over there and seen any of them just kind of spacing out or anything like that so i think they're taking very seriously what was told to them in those closing arguments by both the prosecution and the defense yeah i thought it was interesting with the defense that they didn't really necessarily talk too much about why macaulay was guilty or Mm -hmm. uh, not guilty rather it was more like explaining to the jury this is the uh, repercussions of what you decide to rule pretty much right like if you say that he's guilty for this specific thing then he gets this many years if he gets this or this for this many years right he well i think he kind of educating the jury on what's going them on about like what levels of murder there mm-hmm. are um and he and he made a point he said look there's no dna connection this mm-hmm. is kirkland the the defense he's and there is, and he said, unfortunately, they can't find a cause of death, yeah. a definitive cause of death. And those are those are weighty concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, the prosecution has said, look, you know, Riley's DNA wasn't even on her underpants because she had been out, her body had been out in the elements, two inches of rain had fallen. And, um, you know, they came back with the, the point that, you know, DNA is not like super glue. It's not, right. you know, going to be a permanent fixture. But um, I thought it was interesting that the defense uh, lingered on a couple of things. One, when he was uh, talking about murder, he said, look, obviously you can find him guilty of murder in the first degree. But if you don't, here are the different levels of of murder and ending with involuntary manslaughter. Mm-hmm. And then he talked about um, the custodial parent uh, death by child abuse charge and uh, seemed to want to indicate that you couldn't really prove that um, Riley was was his yeah. to, in his care to which the prosecution you know countered you know Andy McCauley is on uh, on recording saying you know they they went out and picked picked out clothes for her when uh, her mother wasn't around mm-hmm. I mean he said at took, one point that he uh, feels like it's her his daughter yes he's his so, daughter and that was i think that was one of the points that the prosecution wanted to bring out as well interestingly enough and, and maybe it could have been time concerns but the the third count about disposal of body of the mm-hmm. body of the of human remains um the defense didn't really make a huge um you know counterpoint about any of that because wasn't there two counts that they tried to get like dismissed right. or something right they they wanted the the murder count and the the death uh, 
of a child by a person in custodial care mm-hmm. by child abuse. They wanted they asked for those to be yeah. dismissed, and the judge had said no. There's enough evidence in this case to to move all three of those uh, counts to to the jury, and again didn't um, didn't mount a huge defense or or protest about the um, the disposal of the body. Of course, there is a a, a huge uh, amount of evidence tying the defendant to that truck yeah the the roofing screws to the site to the site where the body was disposed of there's a there are a lot of um a lot of time and place things yes. it's like hmm that's hard to think. surmount mm-hmm. so uh and of course uh one of the things that people were looking at yesterday morning when we talked at this time was would andy mccauley testify in his own defense and up to the very moment when he had that option the judge let him know it doesn't matter what your your um, pro- your counsel has recommended you have the right to speak on your own behalf. Do you think he should have? He didn't. But did he you? Didn't. Do you think he should have? Well, I'm I'm not an attorney. Yeah. I but just having heard from him on those audio recordings, it may have done his case more harm than good. Yeah. In case he on the chance that he you know he could have incriminated misstepped himself. and said something he. It mixed something up from what he said in the past. And, and someone pointed out to me that if he had spoken in his, own, in his own defense, that would have allowed the prosecution to go blow by blow and talk uh, about all the points, yeah, bring right up to all him the too. evidence. Yeah, I mean, this trial could have gone on for quite a long time mm-hmm. more if Andy McCauley had sat and, and testified in his own defense. One of the most poignant po- uh, parts of yesterday's closing arguments, I thought, was when the prosecution whipped out that pillow. Oh, see, I didn't see all of it. I didn't see that. So what so, happened? Um, he he pulled the the pillow out of the evidence bag that had the stains that are mm-hmm. very you know you're sitting in the courtroom you can see the stains that um, the the DNA and fluid body fluid experts testified about that those are draw you know those have Riley's blood and saliva on them and then he painted the picture mm-hmm. that he hadn't really coalesced to before and he intimated and again. Andy McCauley is innocent until proven guilty. But the prosecutor, Dan James, intimated that uh, the defendant went into Riley's room, 41-year-old man, into this child's room uh, with the intent to sexually assault her. Her mother was five feet away in the next room. He said, you got to keep the, you know, this person quiet. So you put a pillow over her head and and talked about how long it would have taken to suffocate the child to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't and see that. That part. was very. And then he said to them, "You're, you're going to have this pillow back there with you in the evidence and, and, and the trash bags and everything. And the trash bags, which I think is incredibly poignant as well. Do you imagine being a juror and being around physically handling? Yeah, being around it just and like, being no, physically thanks. handling the bags. Yeah, and, yeah right. That'd give me uh, now. They, I don't. I don't know that they necessarily would yeah. have the bag that her body was was you know in but there were two trash bags up the hill and of course the prosecution made a point to say these equal these mm-hmm. you know that they were the same ones that came from the work site and uh, everyone made a big point of pulling them out and showing how tall they were that you know you really could hide a body in a absolutely so oh so what are we uh, doing now? Just waiting on the jury? We are waiting, and and they only were in for about three and a half hours yesterday. In that time, they had to have the evidence delivered to the room and pick a foreman. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to call it a day at the end of, you know, around five o'clock, a little before five. So they'll get back at it today. And I was listening, of course, to the court TV because, you know, we've you know oh, yeah. we've got to know some of the court TV folks who they are did. there. It's pretty good coverage that they've done, they've too. They've done really good coverage. Well, on everything that they're covering on court TV, but specifically on this. So, um, you know, I was listening to the... Uh, 
uh, Vinny, the guy that mm-hmm. um, anchors the, a lot of the conversations, and he was saying it's not unusual. He said when you have a week of testimony like we have had, you would expect at least a day of jury deliberation. And he said you know, they only had three and a half, so he fully expects it to go in today. Mm. So, you know, he's been around these a lot more than I have. Right. I'm learning so much from talking to the to the producer from um, Court TV. It's just really fascinating. So how would you think the uh, attorneys did? You know, it's not mine to if, dis- you, if you can just, just a, is that too biased of a question? It, 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 Were they kind impressive? Of, Were they both impressive in they, their own? You know, the judge said it. She said, I think the, the both sides comported themselves mm-hmm. professionally. And you didn't have a lot of those. You didn't have an over abundance of, of, uh, objections yeah. and arguments. It was very, um, you know, straight laced, buttoned up. And I think they both came prepared. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, I would agree. I mean, there wasn't, it didn't feel like there was any arguing going on. It didn't feel like anybody with witnesses was interrogating them, right. you know, things and I, like that. I think it speaks to the confidence that both have kind mm-hmm. of in their case that they're like, you know, I really don't need to pick a fight with you because yeah. I've got my, my stuff all in a row right here and, and I'm just going to present it. So what do you do now? Just kind of loiter around the courtroom at Berkeley been, Springs area? I've been hanging out with my journalism friends. I've been having, I Kate from the Morgan Messenger, mm-hmm. I sat with her for a bit and talked, and, and Kelsey from the Journal, and um, and of course Adrian, the producer from Court TV, and it's it's been really nice. And then of course, um, the sheriff came in yesterday and said, hey, did, did you get a chance to see what's going on outside? Because we were kind of cloistered in the courtroom waiting, and so I went downstairs and, you know, it, there were kids from the high school who oh, had goodness. gathered and they were um, in support of, of Riley, their friend. So I went down and interviewed. That sound is on the network today. Wow. So, well, how cool is that? Yeah. And so, you know, I love Morgan County. I love the fact that everyone is very supportive and they understand why we're there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see how long it takes for the uh, jury to deliberate. Uh, hopefully it's not too, too long, but it is it is kind of, I guess, cool in a weird way to say it that uh this suspense keeps kind of building and building and now you're just kind of just waiting what are your odds if you were betting on this oh is this uh, my something odds on have flipped. no my odds have flipped back and forth the whole last week well that just means you're paying attention yeah but it's going back and forth back and forth um yeah i don't know i guess we'll see well i'll give you an odds on how long the jury will be in how long chambers. do you think they'll- i think it'll be excluding yesterday I think it'll be all day today oh. and then up until like three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I So one of the things that people have been talking about around is, you know, if not him, who would mm-hmm. it have been? And when you think about all of the man hours that have gone into this investigation, if if they developed such tunnel vision that they were only going after one person and excluding anyone else, then that's mm-hmm. a miscarriage of justice. Yeah. But it, it seems to me that they were that thorough that, you know, they believe they've got the guy. Oh, yeah. So, it, you know, th- does the jury agree? There's just too many. I mean, except for like the motive thing and the cause of death uh, argument, there's just too many signs that point towards him. I mean, it seemed like everybody kind of looked at him immediately after she went missing. It, it we, we heard from law enforcement that he was their prime suspect mm-hmm. from the beginning. Uh, again... Innocent till proven guilty, right, but exactly. goodness, uh, the yeah. the signs sure do point in one direction. But Marsha, thank you uh, for all your co- all of your coverage the last uh, week. We'll call it week and a half at this point. Uh, it's been very interesting to be able to be 
I guess, one link away from the trial. Very cool. So that was uh, me catching up with Marsha Kavalik a little bit earlier this morning to get a little bit of an update on the Macaulay Crossman trial, which, like I said earlier this uh, this show, I'm not going to know what to do with myself when uh, this is over because it's all I've literally been paying attention to the last week and a half has been this trial. But if you missed any of the show so far today, you can always listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. We were talking about the Four State Food Truck Fest, which is coming up to downtown Martinsburg on October 23rd. Had my sister, Caitlin Myers, equity lead teacher for Washington County Schools on to talk about uh, how big October is for uh, the equity Office of Equity in Washington County. And then, of course, we just heard from Marsha Kavalik. So for the Panhandle News Network, WPM and WCST, this is Panhandle Live. Talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. This is the Panhandle News Network, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station.